Welcome Hello. back, ladies and gentlemen. It's another episode, a new episode hey, of hopefully one of your favorite podcasts. <laughs> um, it is at this point, I think. Uh, this is this episode, episode eight. eight. Episode eight of Growing episode Up Gay. Yeah. For those who don't know, I'm uh-huh. from Ocho Rios. So, episode eight, Ocho Rios, Eight Rivers. I'm sorry, that was really random. I was gonna ask you, can can you spot that on a map? Um, Ocho Rios. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. That's <laughs> why. Don't know what's the middle. No people never know. I know. Me no care. <laughs> what me no care? <laughs> me no care. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, we do not. First of all. First of all, <laughs> but no. Welcome back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Grown Up Gay. It is I, Vaughn, with my special, special co-host. What up? It's me, Malik. And if it sounds like I'm smacking on something, it is. I'm eating mm-hmm. watermelon because your boy is hungry. I'm just joking. I'm not eating it anymore. I have one piece left, so I'm probably not going to eat it just because I'm real classy based. But if I get hungry halfway through this and you hear like a slight crunch, it's okay. It's just watermelon. It's healthy. It's refreshing. Um... You know, just I'm trying to live right and do right. Just want I want to let y'all know. You know, I would offer y'all some if y'all was here. Thank you so much, friend. I'm so proud of you because you know what I had for dinner today after I left yoga. What I had uh, six piece teriyaki wings Mm. with uh, fried rice and with an egg roll. Mm, That sounds good though. I ate really clean today, not really (laughs) by choice, but like. I work the AM shift at my job, which, oh, it's so much better than working PM, and I cannot wait to, like, officially be AM starting the end of this month. But, right. like, I got to work, and um, it was literally, like, go, go, go from since I got there. We had, like, trainings, and I had to – don't you – I hate when people schedule meetings, like, right when you're supposed to leave. Like, I was going to leave. I had plans. I was like, yo, I'm done with everything I need to be doing by, like, 545. I was like, I'm going to go down and send some emails. And be out of this place by a good 6.15. Do you know, my GM randomly was like, let's go to 16.07 and take a look at this suite. Because we're, our hotel is going, undergoing renovation. And we're almost done. And he wanted like our input. Um, myself and one of the, uh, my assistant director, our style input on like how certain things should be set up. And I was like, this is all fine and dandy. I appreciate that you, like, want my opinion on, you know, y'all's money and, like, what y'all should buy. But at the same time, I'm trying to go home. I got to so, ride. <laughs> I spent the whole hour there. Like, because once I get started, I can't, like, half-ass it. You know what I mean? So Right. Yeah. But can. anyway, how have you been since the last time we recorded? Uh, I mean, I've been awesome, you guys. Um, Work is going well, you know, but 
You guys, sometimes like managing people is, is sometimes a oh, really. Oh, it's the worst. It's a difficult task, you guys, the especially worst. when you walk into a new team and you know you're not in. Like you don't know what the old manager had put in place. Like like you don't know any of the policy and procedure. You you're coming in new. You're trying to implement new ideas while still staying true to what they're doing. You know, it's like it's it's a really like fine line you have to walk. And unfortunately, the person that I adopted as my new baby, my new child, <laughs> my new work child, <laughs> they did not take to anything new that I was trying to introduce. And they really did and they really did, didn't even take to like doing their job completely, you guys. Like they would like we, we would have one on ones and they literally would be like, Well the old manager didn't have I, like they would literally say like the old manager didn't make you do it, so I'm not doing it now. Like they were so combative, so disrespectful. It was like crazy. I have had, I've been working in like managerial positions since I was 22. Yeah. And that shit is so overrated, especially, especially like (laughs) going salary, like being salaried now. (sighs) Yeah. I used to, I used to be like so cool working super long hours, but now, now that I don't get overtime, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, and having to deal with like I think that for me the worst part about management is that you can't do someone else's job for them, right? You can guide them, you can teach them, you can train them, you can do all the things that you're supposed to do. You can motivate them, you can uplift them, you can reward them, you can um, reprimand them, you can like do everything you. Like everything in the book, but if someone doesn't want to do something or they don't want to do it the way that you think they're supposed to, or the way that has you know been confirmed as best way, they're just not going to do it. Yeah, and like (laughs) when you said that, it resonated with me so deeply because we're implementing some change, and I'm trying to implement more change in my property because, like we like I said, we just undergone renovation so we have to change how the ladies do everything like how they clean the rooms how they turn down the rooms if you don't know i work in hospitality i'm not gonna tell you where but (laughs) it's a very nice property um because i don't need any y'all coming to my job but (laughs) well y'all let me shut up anyway it's a like we're implementing a lot of new things and we're trying to implement new things and these ladies some of them have been working there since the property's like been there and working in a union property in new york is the fucking pits. Wow. Like, because the union is on their side, and the union is low-key like a mafia. So, like, everyone is, like, mad, afraid of the union coming to them. And and I I don't, I personally am not afraid of nothing, because, like, have we met? But it's just, it's so difficult, because how how other people do their job is, is a reflection of your management skills, but at the same time, it's not because I could be a great manager and you can still be a trash worker. Yeah, like you have to document, 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 document. And right. like that's the great thing about just being really close to HR. Like literally what I was gonna say is he's gone, you guys. He quit. Oh we wow. had a we had a one on one and he just he was like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck you. Fuck all this. I'm not doing this shit anymore. He gets up and walks out of the room, slams the door, goes to his desk, cleans it up. 20 minutes later, he's gone. Oh, and I'm like, shit. Listen, when you are steadfast and when you are consistent and resilient in what you want, 
the energy will change. If I would have wavered in what I wanted him to do and um, if I if, if I wouldn't have been doing it, then he would have stayed. But the fact that I was doing everything that I was asking him to do and I was like really implementing it and really on him consistently about doing these, new, these new behaviors, he was oh, he was so pissy. Yeah, and he also like, there's, there are just some people that just have a problem with reporting to certain demographics. And this guy... Mm. Obviously, obviously had a problem with reporting to me because he felt like he should have been where I was. It's like, no, girl. Those are you're the not, worst. You're not. Sis, you have Those to understand, you're where you are because that's where you're supposed to be. Ooh. I'm where I am because this is where I'm supposed to be. So respect and kiss the ring, bitch. But, not kiss you the know, ring. Those, you know. those, along, <laughs> those along with people who, like, have been where you are and maybe have, like, exceeded where you are, but yeah. think that you need to be the same way they were when they were, to get to yeah. like bitch first of all i don't want to be where you are no. so i don't want to do all the things you did to get to where you are because yeah. see you think you leveled up like sierra but in my personal opinion sis you're stagnant and mm. you're stuck in a place and i don't want to be stuck in a place i'm not mm. trying to give this property the rest of my life they got a good eight more months and guess who's gonna start looking elsewhere me okay <laughs> like these these listen one thing i've learned especially in hospitality i can't speak too too much for other properties but when it comes i mean other fields but when it comes to hospitality unless you're a director or you're in a position to where you're making stupid good money like i know like here in new york hospitality people get paid really well like even the front desk agents make a lot of money um well they can i should say make a lot of money they have the potential to um but like outside of that you should not be staying in the same position for more than a year and a half, two years. Like you listen, there's no benefit. You don't benefit in any way from the company from, from staying with like one property or one, one brand. Yes. You can stay in one brand. Right. But staying with one company for like five, 10 years for what, unless you're, (laughs) unless you're continuously getting promoted every year, year and a half, two years. Why? (laughs) <laughs> the company is getting more out of you than you are out of them. So Amen. no thank you. I will elevate continuously until I'm comfortable. And by comfortable, mm-hmm. I mean working for Rihanna. <laughs> and I mean, amen. And I think a lot of people don't, don't even realize that, like, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say that you should, you should be a job hopper, but you guys, literally, I left my last job and got a 35% increase in my base. So it's like, you know, you have to shuck and jive. You have to bob and weave. You have to get in and get out. Right. And um, Labor Day weekend has passed. It was awesome. How was that? Because I know Labor Day. And so uh, Malik and I had plans for Labor Day weekend prior to me moving. It was supposed to be like a big thing. And we were supposed to be going out. And I have never been to a, a gay club or a gay bar. Gasp. I have, a po- <gasps> I have a podcast called Growing Up Gay, and guess what? I'm still growing up and gay. Um, <laughs> Every but, single day. <laughs> but um, that was supposed to be, like, my first weekend at a gay club or a gay bar. And, unfortunately, well, fortunately, I was, I'm in New York now, so that didn't happen. But how was it? it you know what, Vaughn? Labor Day weekend was awesome. Spent it with my best friend. Celebrated his 27th birthday. Um, I'm sorry, his 29th. Forgive me. Uh... Shout out, hey Marquez, love you. But um, it was really fun. Had a great time. Went out to Boogaloo out there. Had a little section. The bottle girl brought the bottle out. Bought the bottle. Oh, I saw that on, on the ground. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so I was just pretty much out. 
Um, I went to the park Sunday, which was the, the fun. infamous, the infamous, the infamous, infamous Piedmont uh, Park. <laughs> park was was you know lots of people. Uh, I saw lots of familiar faces. Um, you know, I, just I honestly completely forgot it was Pride. Like I genuinely did not even realize until Monday, and then I was like, huh, I didn't see any <laughs> fight videos. I, I was like, first I was like, huh. Pride passed. I didn't realize. And then I was like, I ain't seen no fight videos. Y'all be, because, you know, y'all be on the Twitter talking all the shit. And you then know, it's be hilarious. right next to one another and don't ever pop, pop shit. Like, you know, it's hilarious is that my old that colleague texted me and was like, hey, I heard there's, there's, a, there's some scuffling going on down there. Not scuffling. <laughs> I said, oh my Fist, gosh. They got into the fisticuffs. <laughs> they got into the fist. <laughs> Scuffling exactly. is mad funny. <laughs> and she said scuffling. Like, she texted that to me, and I just died. Like, wow. Wow, girl. Not that I'm promoting you, violence, but I'm just saying. No, we, no. We, this, this is a non-violent show here. <laughs> but Sometimes. good. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad the, the, the children had fun. The children had a good time, child. Celebrating. Demetria Kinney. Demetria McKinney was honored for a humanitarian that she is. I don't know what 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 humanitarian efforts she I has. I was just L- going to say in, in what the LGBTQ shape uh, and community. I don't know what she's done, but I'm not going to discredit her, but they did honor Neither. her. I was I was genuinely curious. They also honored Ray J. They gave him an award as Ex- well. Excuse me? They gave Ray J an award as well. Wait, His wait, award- wait, hold on. <laughs> they gave Ray is- J, Mr. <laughs> Brandy's wait little a brother. Mi- Damn, ain't that Brandy's brother? That wait, Ray what J. Did they, wait, wait, this is wait, confusing. I, listen, why I did why news. did that nigga get an award for what? I have no, I have no clue. All I know is that listen, I walked up to the stage. He was up there sweating with his baby. They they were presenting Not him an the award. Baby. They could at least so, gave it to Brandy as many prizes as she didn't damn dude. Oh yeah, they they honored Brandy a few years ago. Oh never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they honored her a few years ago. But uh, they gave him an award. He he sang. Uh, Again, what, song, what? What song? I don't remember. Yo, y'all were carrying on. Demetri McKinney sang. What song? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, she also sang Acapopo. I mean, Acapella. <laughs> she sang Acapella. She did If Only You Knew and hit the high note. So the crowd yeah. went up. She did all that. All that extra shit? She did all that, all that, and, and then she did it again because they asked her to do it again. So then she did it so, again. So she it. thought she was Kiki Wyatt? So she really thought she was Kiki Wyatt. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but uh, uh, I think, that, uh, y'all, don't don't make me do this. Yes. <laughs> that that was Pride. That was Labor Day weekend um, at the Pure Heat Community Festival at the Black, the, the Black Pride event. Those were... You know, the highlights, other than seeing, you know, kind people saying hello, interacting. The food was good. You know, they always have good food vendors out there. Seeing the J-Setters, the J-Setters dance is always fun. It was a good freaking weekend. Spent Monday with my man, booed up, canoodling, giving him all my love. That's Not it. all your love. Come all on, of my love. You, you were saving, saving all my love. That's it. That's, that's what I was doing. For you, not you. <laughs> you said for you, <laughs> baby. Saving, I had to take it low. You. Saving all my love. 
Anyway, Dude. we are carrying on for far <laughs> too, too much. Y'all have to forgive us. This is how we genuinely talk to one another. Seriously, um, we do. But <laughs> for <I'm>, years. <laughs> for literally. As for long years. as we've known each other. Our entire existence. Um, <sighs> but I'm glad you had a, a safe and fun Pride weekend. I'm glad there weren't any horror stories out of Pride. It seemed to be... Although we're going to get into it a little bit later... Let's just, you know, you know what? what? Let's dive Let's right dive on in. right Since into we're already speaking you guys. Of we're gonna pride. go right into the get it together. So right. this week's get it together is <clears throat> this week's get it together is titled Labor Day weekend. Who are your advocates? Who are your people? And who is invited to the queer cookout? Now, what that means? Who's invited? To the queer cookout who <laughs> you niggas love a you niggas love a cookout but who are your people that you really love the people that really care for you the, the folks that really ride for you so i want to talk about this so essentially i was at the pride festivities with with my best friend celebrating uh his birthday he invited um a mutual associate out um to partake with us in the pride activities um this music this mutual associate who we who we both known collect for about 15 years not collectively individually we've known the person for about 15 years i've been working with her um professionally in a nonprofit organization for about eight years now i've known her and worked with her to a to a capacity whatever so all in all this person gets there and we tell her that you know we say hey you know we're gonna walk down to the park are you okay with that? She says, well, I don't know. Am I going to be judged? Am I going to be accepted? Um, you know, I don't want nobody trying me. And I'm instantly thinking to myself, bitch, what? <clears throat> right then right, and there, y'all should right just kindly sent her, her ass, ass on her way. So you guys, I want to stop right there. If there's ever a time where you have to question if someone is really riding for you, or someone is uncomfortable with something, or someone should not be there. If you have if you have reservations about that person, don't bring them. And if you ask someone <clears throat> who who is supposed to be an LGBTQ ally ally in your life, and they respond in that way, then you may need you may need to not bring them along with you to gay establishments and gay events. Because what happens to you guys is they come to these events, and what they're doing is like. It's a reconnaissance mission. They're there to do investigation work, especially <laughs> single black women, okay? Especially single mm. black women. That's what they're there to do. Mm. When you bring single black women to an event where there are going to be a lot of beautiful black men who, who are not interested in them, and if you have bitter <clears throat> bitches as friends, they're going to be bitter, and they're going to be bitches. And that's no fun, especially during Pride Weekend. So after... We walk around the park. I hear her and her homegirl, you know, having little sidebars, rolling their eyes, making little comments. You know how I am. You know, I'm definitely on my read them and roast them bag and ask questions later, especially when it comes to advocating for my community and the people that um, are oppressed, okay? So I hear them saying their little thing. They're doing their little sidebar. Um, and then once we get back, the, par the park's done. We get back to dinner. We're having dinner. I ask her, I said, hey, so talk to me about 
your pride experience? You know, how, how did you enjoy the park? She says, well, I'm going to be honest. Bitch, let's stop there. What do you mean you're going to be honest? <laughs> I hear people say that. I'm going to be honest. Did I did ask, I ask you the lies? So then she goes into, she has, she has three main points of why she believes people could be gay. Her first point, she wonders if, and, and these are questions she's asking aloud to a table to, w- with, four, with four gay black men. She says she wants to know maybe if people were sexually assaulted, maybe they, maybe they were molested or raped or something like that. Maybe that's why they're gay. Two, maybe it's because it's so overexposed in the media. Maybe that's why pe- people kind of just want to try it. What? And the third one was... Want to try it? Bitch, this is not fucking ice cream flavors, And the third way. one, you guys, was maybe people just made a choice to be this way. And so she continued to kind yes. of go... We chose to be ostracized. We chose to be ostracized. We, we, we chose all this bullshit. So then she kind of... Be- she continued it, to go on. And I, just, I let her for a while. And when she brought up a friend of hers, another queer man who has not come out to her yet. She asked the table, well, is this person gay? And when my friend affirmed and outed this man is when I had had enough. Yeah, no, that's fucked up. You didn't tell me that part of the story. That's when I had enough because Mm. for our, I had to interject and I had to quickly interject because for us to be at a black proud of them and all of us are black people and you have come here to support your your two friends because we're not I'm not friends with her but but you're here <laughs> to support your two friends and you come here and you ask the most intrusive questions in the world and then you justify it by saying that you just want to know and if you don't ask questions how you know sweetheart if you don't read the book you can't ask questions if you have not taken the time to listen first, what will you have to ask? You walked around the park, you surveyed and you judged, and now you have come back with your motherfucking synopsis of everything that you've seen and everything that you saw and everything that you've digested. And now you want to come back up here and quote unquote, have a goddamn unpacking session. Not today, not on my watch. Right. You're not going to, this, this is, is pride. pride. We're here, We're to, here celebrate. to celebrate. Who we are, not affirm, defend, or explain who the fuck we are. No. There are 365 days out of the year. This is the one day we get to, to be ourselves and love ourselves unconditionally, unconditionally, publicly, and not be afraid of you know what could or couldn't happen. It is the one time we get to be surrounded by ourselves and just love on ourselves. And you fucking here with 21 questions. 21 questions. About everything but... Why we're so amazing. Nope. Why we are so nope. fly. Like nope. None of that. And then, you know, the, I think the thing that annoys me about these kind of, like, inv- these questions that people always ask is, like, you can find this shit oh elsewhere. Gosh. Like, if you're genuinely... Because I don't have a problem with people that are genuinely curious. But when you're when you have malicious intent and you're trying to scrutinize and pick apart... What you're really, what bothers me about it is because what you're really saying is, why don't you desire? Why don't you desire me? Why don't, why don't y'all want mm-hmm. me? That, that's to me, it, it feels like a lot of projecting. That's exactly what it is, Vaughn. It's projecting. And like, you just need to understand that a, you're not entitled 
for you know, like I said before on mm-hmm. the podcast, you're not entitled to someone being attracted to you just because of who you are. Like people are attracted to who they're attracted to sexually, emotionally, mentally, mentally, physically, and that's just that. If you don't fall into the fit into that box, excuse yourself and keep it moving. Including you women, I don't care how fine we are, I don't care how tall we are, I don't care how masculine or straight presenting mm-hmm. we are. I don't care about none of that shit. If someone is gay, they're gay. If someone is if someone's bi, go ahead cuz that means they like they want peace of you. But if someone is is gay and they're not if a man is gay and he's not into you, leave, leave it, alone. it alone. Stop ask, stop messing with him, stop saying, "Oh, you going to turn him no, out or if he don't want to try it." No, sis. None of that. You and your fishy poom poom can keep it moving. He don't want no parts. We want no parts. And with that being said, no I have three points to counter. And to, if you really want to be an ally, here are three points. And these are three things that you should do if you really want to empower your queer friends. Because there are straight people that listen to this podcast. I know that for a fact because they tell me. Point one, open your mind. Okay, you guys? Open your fucking noggin. Um... Push aside any preconceived notions or worries that you may have. Listen before you speak. And when I mean listen, Mm. I mean listen to understand and ask clarifying questions. Not invasive or intrusive questions. And don't listen to defend. And don't listen to defend. Just listen to clarify and to understand. Last, when you are thinking about asking a question to your queer friend, you need to first ask yourself, do I need this information in order to treat this person with respect? And nine times out of 10, you do not. Nine times out of 10, you don't need the information that you're even asking. It it, it has nothing to do with nothing. You're asking it out of a place that's, that's, that's ignorant. You're asking it out of ignorance. You're asking it to be intrusive and you're asking it to be malicious. Whether, and, and actually it is, it is intentional. You intentionally do it. So my get it together is for the queer community and it's for the straight community. If you have any notion or any kind of reservations about going anywhere with a queer person and you are unsure if you're gonna be comfortable or not, don't go. Stay, Stay your ass, ass at, at home. home or leave. And to all my gay black brothers, stop bringing fish everywhere. <laughs> stop. Stop bringing girls everywhere you go. Stop it. And oh, this. So this, I mean, we're gonna discuss. Yeah. We're gonna so, discuss one day the yeah, whole. We have to because it's a whole. That because, whole thing because black women. Ooh, I love y'all, but when I tell you, sometimes y'all are the worst. Because the thing that, that I think that always catches me so off guard about black women, because I get the whole black man, like black men, you know, being, having reservations about queer people, right? Especially queer men, right? I, I get it. Like, you're not sure, you know, it's, it, it's, I mean, personally, I don't get that either. But I, I, I can kind of get the dis, the discomfort, you know. But like with women, 
I just don't. It really confuses me because we always love on black women so mm-hmm. much, right? We always live for them. We're always there to support them. Like we, we're there. We can be there everything. Mm-hmm. And they turn around and treat us like nothing mm-hmm. in the drop of mm-hmm. a dime. Either because some nigga is, doesn't agree with, you know, who the hell we are and, you know, our existence, all that shit. Or it's like the the Carisha... I don't even know if we discussed this on the, on the podcast because I think it happened two weeks ago. But, like, the whole City Girls thing was really devastating to me. And not because of what they had previously stated, but the position that Carisha took on the whole situation, whereas I don't want my son to be gay. I don't see what's homophobic about it. Like, how do you not see not like if you don't want your child to be something, it's because that thing is negative. It's because that thing is bad. It's because that thing is not mm-hmm. good. You shouldn't want your child to be a murderer. You shouldn't want your child to be a rapist. You shouldn't want your child to um, be a pedophile. You shouldn't want your child to molest someone. You shouldn't want your child to support Donald Trump. You shouldn't want your child to be a bigot. You shouldn't want your child to go to jail. You shouldn't want your child... There's like a list of things you shouldn't want your child to do or be, I think you're 20. That fast. Like, their sexual orientation should not be on that list. It shouldn't. Because the A, it's none of your fucking business. You're not going to be in bed with them. You're also not going to be in their relationship with them. You're not going to be their significant other. So it really shouldn't fucking matter to you whether your child is gay, straight, bisexual, pansexual, trans, um, with whatever on the spectrum. As long as your child is healthy, as long as your child is contributing to society in positive ways, as long as your child isn't harming someone... That's the stuff you should care about. What kind of person are you raising? What is their character going to be like? Not if they're sucking dick or mm-hmm. not. Like, that shit really blows me because here here this woman is. By the way, City Girls was lifted up by mostly gay black men. Period. We were the ones to put Period. y'all on. Period. Period, bitch. Period. Okay. We were the fucking ones to put y'all on. I was talking about City Girls on my timeline when nobody was. Okay. I was pushing that shit, and I'm from Miami, like, I'm from that culture, so I, I, when I saw the tweets, even about the Haitian stuff, I got it because I grew up seeing it, right? I didn't hold it against them like that, because there were older tweets. Now, I'm not forgiving the Rihanna tweet, because fuck (laughs) y'all, but I I, I got it, and I, I genuinely, I tweeted this, like, I'm not offended by it, because I get it. A, they're like 25. Right, we're we're like in the same age range, if I'm not mistaken. They're 24 to 26, some somewhere around there, right? These tweets, the majority of them are from like 2011 to 2014. Granted, there were some from like 2017 where they used the word "fag" or you know retweeted somebody that said something, you know, something something "fag," like. But for the most part, the tweets that they're getting, you know, really reamed on, are older tweets. So I get it. That's a teenage mentality, right? You're 15, 16, 17, 18. You haven't been exposed to much, et cetera, et cetera. But for you to not be a 25, 26-year-old woman working in entertainment with queer, like she said, you have a gay hairdresser, you have a gay stylist, et cetera, et cetera. You have all these people around you, right? And you yet still have this ignorant mindset to where – you still don't see what's wrong with saying if you if you you hold if you see any gay shit in your son, 
you're going to beat it out of him. You didn't even just say, I don't want my child to be. And you know what could have rectified all this? You could have simply said, and you could have kept your position. And this is why having like a, a PR person or just anyone with sense, anyone that's eloquent around you is needed at all times. Because you could, could have simply said, what I said in the past was ignorant. It comes from fear. I know the the experience that gay, especially gay black men have to face. And I don't want my child to face that kind of trauma. Right? And, you know, people would have said, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, okay, sis, okay. I would have been, I would have been okay, fine sis, with that. I, I can, I can, I can see, see what that. you're saying. You would rather, you would yeah. rather your, your, your gay black son be heterosexual as opposed to having to deal with all the shit that comes with just being a black man and then being gay on top of it. Right. I would have still been like, nah, if you love on your child enough, that don't matter. But I would have, people could have digested mm-hmm. that. But for you to A, get on Instagram and start posting pictures with your fingers up to, in essence, saying fuck y'all or fuck you, um, at, you know, you still getting money, all, all the shit that you were talking, and then to, like, reaffirm everything that you had previously said, and then throw in the, I got gay stylists and gay friends. What does that mean, does sis? Mean? You have gay people that work for you, okay? Though, what are those people outside of people that do your hair and your, your makeup or, or style you? They're human beings first. What about them is so bad? That you're so disgusted that you're that if you're like, someone gay, you would, are, be, why, you would beat it out. Why of aren't you trying to beat it out of them? Why? Right? You can get your face beat. <laughs> you can get your, your 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 ensembles picked out for you. You can all that shit can happen. You can you can have a support you stream your shit, buy your shit, so go to your shows. You know, put you talk about you on Twitter. All the like, you can have us live for you. But then you don't even want us to live. Like, like, what is that? You would beat it out of your son? Like, come, like, I, I just, for me, it was so baffling to see her, to see Carisha really, like, get on Instagram and get on Twitter and act like what she said wasn't malicious. It wasn't mean. It was just, it was disgusting. And honestly, like, with all these children committing suicide mm. because of their sexual orientation, I really, I genuinely don't get how people can think your sexual orientation is a chance. Let me tell you, uh, is, is an option, I mean. A choice, not chance, a choice. The only choice queer people have in regards to their sexual orientation is whether they are going to accept who they are and live in their truth or deny their truth and live a, a fake life where they get married or they date women or they do all these things and then they fuck with niggas in the dark or they don't at all. Or the only other option for a lot of people is suicide. So it's like either you stifle yourself or you die. Why Why are those options even a thing? Why can't y'all just be understanding of the fact that not everyone is like you? Not everyone wants to be like you. Because quite frankly, if there was a ch- choice, nobody would choose this shit. Nobody would deal with, choose the insecurities. Nobody would choose the discomfort. Nobody would choose the ostracization. Like, nobody would choose being cut off from their family. Nobody would choose committing suicide because they can't fucking make it through third, fourth, fifth grade. Nobody would choose that. Like, I don't understand why anyone would think any of us would choose that life. Like, 
I'm sorry. I'm attracted to men. Get over it. It is what Get it is. Get over it. Get over it. Get over it. Get her, and, and the thing, my, if my parents can get over why are you it, so pressed? old Jamaican people, why the fuck are you so hung up? I don't know. I don't know. Um, until you sit at the black woman's table and lay your burdens down as a black woman and check yourself, don't try to check me, sis. About shit. Until you go to the black woman's table, you don't have a seat at the LGBTQ queer table. You don't. Moving. Move. I don't get it. Yeah. But Let's anyway, take a break. we're going to take a, a bit of a break and we'll be right back with y'all. Hey, y'all. Hope you're enjoying this week's episode thus far. If so, please be sure to follow us on our social media. The Instagram is grownupgay, G-R-O-W-N, upgay. Our Twitter is grownupgay underscore. And our website, of course, is grownupgay.com. Now let's get back into this week's episode. All right, so to bring the mood up, <laughs> uh, we're going to jump right on into our Growing Up Gay segment. Uh, this week, we actually have something fun planned, something lighter, um, and we did plan this prior to the little heavier discussion that we had, or even knowing that was going to be a thing. Um, we, I, I really wanted for us to discuss gay men of color in media. Um, the reason why I wanted to discuss this is because... I felt like we, well, not I felt, I feel like representation for gay, queer people of color is so far and few between, and growing up, it was always a particular thing, and I think I, I posted about this, I don't know if I've actually posted the post on, I don't know, I haven't posted it yet, but I've been writing a, um, about this, and I remember, um, I was basically writing about my, my like owning my sexuality and like how I came to, to be comfortable and all that stuff. And one of the first like times that I fully accepted and like felt seen in regards to being gay, black and male was Noah's Ark. Um, Noah's Ark for me was mind blowing when I first watched it. Like I'll never forget it was uh, spring if I'm not mistaken, it was spring. I was on summer break. Uh, uh, spring break, actually. I was on spring break. I was in, I think, seventh grade. Because this was like 2005. And I remember, like, flipping through the channels. It was, like, super late at nighttime. I was watching, like, um, MTV Jams and stuff. And I was, remember I was flipping through the channels because I hate commercials. That's why, I mean, I don't watch TV now. Like, I pretty much stream everything. But I've always hated commercials, so I would always flip through commercials, right? And I remember flipping and flipping and flipping, and then I saw, like, this gay black, uh, this black man, and he was feminine. So I was like, wait, what is that? Because um, I was like, oh, that ain't got to be gay. <laughs> so I remember I went back, and I was like, huh, what is this? Nice. Like, what? first of all, what is Logo? I've never, I've never seen this channel before, right? Um, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I remember... Um, like I said, I was flipping through the channels and I saw Noah and I was just, my, it was like 2 a.m. And there was like a, um, Noah's Ark marathon going on. It was one like, it was like they're gearing up for the second season and they were basically having a marathon of all the episodes. And I was lucky enough to literally catch it from the very first episode. Oh, wow. 
Um, they were, they were like maybe ten minutes, fifteen minutes in, and I was like, wow, like these are gay black men, and I was so fascinated because I was at the stage in my life where I was like, okay, I know I'm gay for sure. I don't know what being gay exactly means. I don't know what it exactly looks like. Um, like, and I didn't have I. I later, thanks to YouTube, I later got to like watch B. Scott and you know XD from the XD Experience or Xavier Delow. Um, I got to watch a lot of people kind of live their their truth and kind of grow and learn through them and like see what some of the community looked like through that lens because I didn't grow up with any gay people in my family. I didn't grow up with any gay friends. My my mother literally had one gay friend. It was this white guy, and it was so funny. Like whenever we would go go like by his uh he had a ti- i remember he had a nice ass townhouse and whenever we would go there i would always stay in the she would always make me stay in the car and she would like run in there for like five minutes and come out and like he would come out and always wave and say hi and i remember knowing that he was gay but like i never i, I didn't know what it looked like i didn't know what that experience was like so noah's ark was one of my first was not one of it was my first exposure to what being a gay black man could possibly be and the show had like uh, or gay man of color, I should say, because Ricky was Latin. Um, the show had an array of characters. Like you had Noah, who was like, you know, he was a little, he was like a little innocent. <laughs> he was a little doe-eyed. He was a little, he was the younger one. He was kind of, he was the baby of the group. And then you had um, Alex. <laughs> Alex is still like probably my favorite. Um, person on the show, I resonated like crazy with Noah's arc because I mean with Noah, not Noah's arc, with the show, yes. But I reson really resonated with Noah because I felt like that was me. Like I was young, I was naive, I didn't really know. You know, I had my footing. Of course, you know Noah's with trade. <laughs> so like. I really felt that, but Alex was so funny. Alex was, of course, like the mother of the show. I mean, of the group. He was, you know, he took care of everybody. Um, and then there was Ricky, like I said, who was Latin. But they all lived such different lives. They had careers. Chance was a professor. Ricky owned his own clothing store. Um, Alex was basically stay at home, <laughs> a stay at home significant other. And then Noah was like getting his footing, and it was really monumental to me and it's funny because i remember i was listening to an in- i think i was listening to a, either a podcast or an interview and the person was saying how noah's ark was actually kind of problematic how? um because like because basically everybody on the show is straight except for noah and alex and ricky if i'm not mistaken like in real life i'm saying that all the actors were were straight and then it was also saying like it was it didn't represent the queer community fully because they were all for the most part, like Noah is more feminine and then he was dating trade. Alex is more feminine. Once again, dating, you know, a masculine, hyper-masculine male. Um, Although I would combat that with saying, well, chance was kind of in the middle and his significant, well, his significant other was also masculine as well. And I would say chance is probably the more feminine of the, of the two. And then you had Ricky was just a hoe, so he was fucking everybody. But basically, what they were saying that like it didn't offer a wide enough array of, of what being queer really looked yeah. like. 
And I, I mean, I guess that's a point you could argue if you really want to go there. But when you think about it, this was like 2005. <laughs> so it, it's hard to expect a show from 13 years ago, crazy that it's 13 years ago, to be as progressive as we are today because our community has grown tremendously over the past decade as far as, re- you know, fully representing queer people, you know, because we're not a monolith. Like, there's especially men, I would say. I feel like queer men don't always get to explore all sides of their queerness. They kind of feel like they're forced um, to, to, to be either super feminine or super masculine. And I feel like the majority of us, because I always say this, we, we, we have, you know, femininity and, and masculinity flows through us, right? right? Like, it's fluid within us, right? And I think that's the best thing about being queer, especially a queer black man, in my personal opinion. I feel like we... I don't know how to, to yeah, say this. Yeah, I've said it I before just, on the show. I just think that queer black men, there is this... Well, first thing first, I mean, if you just go back and you just look at just old pictures of Egyptian kings and how they would present themselves, you know, like black men, you know, they were over the top. They were gaudy. They were flamboyant jewelry. You know, they were beautiful and, and, and they were unafraid to walk that fine line, you know, like that, that line that we have. Prince was unafraid to walk. Yeah. Like, like the line that we have now, if you go back and look at that, that, that imagery, like that's the same energy that black men are able to tap into now. And I just think that it's really mystical and magical when um, you're able to just let things flow and be honestly in, 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 is it, un, is it inhibited? Like, what is the word? Unhibited. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, when you're unhibited about how you feel and, and how you interact and, and just how you go, like I didn't watch Noah's Ark until like 2008 because I didn't have cable, you guys. So, I think that's when I think that's when a lot <laughs> like, of people. I, I started watching it. in oh eight, and 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 like in oh eight, at that point, I had already had language to say that I was gay, um, because I I was like, right. yeah, like th- this was definitely Twitter era, um, so I, I was online watching B Scott, watching XD, you know, the Scorpion, and then you know from that moment, I just kind of just start exploring, and then I was able to see more. Right of myself and, and definitely just like you, I was able to say, Oh wow. Okay, cool. These are guys, you know, gay black men in successful relationships, dating, doing something. Right. So I definitely, that was probably like one of the first images that I saw that. And, um, you know, like Miss Sophia, the radio jockey that's in Atlanta on the radio. I remember Miss Sophia. I know of, obviously I know of yeah. Miss Sophia, but I remember Miss Sophia, but, and I think this this conversation is important because we always say representation matters. Mm-hmm. And I think that always comes from um, a space of color and it comes from a space of, of image. But we don't say that in, in form of sexual identity. Like, and not even se- just sexual identity, but like your identity, period. Like, especially in, in for, for queer people, right? I feel like in, in movies, in TV shows, we're either like super feminine you know, we're like super feminine, super flamboyant, loud, um, obnoxious even with our, our queerness, or we're like AIDS 
having D- DL thugs that's ruining the community. And <laughs> ironically, speaking of queer men in media, Tyler Perry um, is a bit of a proprietor of that. Like, he, he's pushed that image quite a lot. And I think it's detrimental in the way that he's done it because he's never combated that with showing any other sides of queer black men. And I feel like as someone that's potentially on the spectrum that people claim is on the spectrum, I think it's kind of problem. Not I think. It is problematic that we don't, that he doesn't properly represent us because we're more than that. Like, and I think that's my problem. And I think it would solve a lot of the issues we have with a lot of these kids that are so insecure and they're so worried and they're so afraid and they're out here harming themselves i think if they could see what it's like to be queer and know that like everything's gonna be okay you know what i mean because i think the thing is gayness queerness is more accepted now yes but the reality is a lot of younger queer people don't get to see what that Mm -hmm. looks like right we we they don't get like a, a an array of of things to watch they don't get they don't they don't get a fair footing cuz like cuz okay here's why i say that right we see so many tv shows so many movies so many plays so many this this and that of what being a healthy adult looks like when you're when you're you know heterosexual mm-hmm. right we get to see them grow up. We get to see them go to college. We get to see them date. We get to see them get married. We, excuse me. We get to see them get divorced. We get to see them be happy. We get to see them be sad. We get to see them be fully yeah, real full lives. Yeah. Right? They get to live these full lives. Whereas with queer men, we're either punchlines, we're dangerous because we're spreading something, or we are not Ow. represented. Quite and I have, a, I have a stat for you. Um, GLAD did um, their first uh, SRI, which is the Studio Responsibility Index. And the first one was done in 2013. And they polled 101 movies from major, um, from major studios. And, I, and out of those 101 movies, only 14 of those films had queer characters, you guys. And out of those 14 films, 31 of those characters were queer. I'm, I'm sorry, 14 films had 31 characters amongst all of them that were queer out of those 14 movies, and only four were African-American. That's 12%, and the other 83% were white. So, That's insane. And that was back in 2013. So what that means is, you guys, to Vaughn's point, there is no representation, and people can't see themselves. They can't actualize themselves having real lives if they don't see it in movies and TV and media, because that's where... We draw, first thing first, art imitates life, okay? And so when people are actually able to see those things, they believe it, 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 it then becomes attainable because it's around them. Right. And for so long, I was not able to really understand, like there, there, there's so many black, black gay men that don't even actualize themselves until 25 and 30. And what I mean by that is they live these, they live happy, a quarter of their life walking shellless and lifeless performing. performing. And, and and the thing is, you guys, if you're not able to commit to yourself and, and, and commit to like 
who you want to be, then you don't know. And then what happens is you end up falling for anything. And when you do that, people fill in the blanks for you. If you, if you don't know who you are, mm, yeah, if you don't know point. who you are and if you can't realize yourself and see yourself, then other, other people, people will define you. you. And then yeah. what happens is you end up how I was at a table with a woman who's supposed to be an ally and she's going in because her two friends have not actualized themselves. They, they haven't realized themselves. So, or, or you end up forcing an image of what you think yourself is supposed yeah. to be. And that's not who you, cause, and, and I'll be honest, like I've had that kind of, I've had a bit of that struggle. Thankfully, I've always known who I am and I've always stood firmly in that. But I'll be very honest, like, I'm a bit more of a masculine presenting uh, male, right? Gay male. Like, 90% of the time people Correct. think that I'm straight. And it's it's actually frustrating. And there's times where I'm like, should I just be gayer? But then I'm like, what, what does, does that mean? mean? Like, just, yeah. should, I, should I just be, should I perform a more feminine you know, existence to where people, I wouldn't have to explain. Cause to me it's one thing. And I always say this, sometimes I do wish I was just more innately feminine because then I would know who just doesn't fuck with me and I would keep it moving because it's, <laughs> and we don't discuss as a community. We don't discuss this often because it's not like as prominent. It's not as pertinent. I should say people aren't getting harmed for it, but like that, that space where someone really likes you, they think you're cool as hell, they they fuck with you, and then they find out that you're gay, and then then they retreat. <laughs> that space is so awkward to be in, but that's why representation is needed because if if more people saw that there are healthy, you know, gay men out here, and healthy, I don't mean like physical health, right? But I mean like if if there were if there were, was more representation of, of gay black men that were masculine, but not in a performative way, like, I don't walk around, like, I don't play basketball or any sport, right? <laughs> I couldn't tell you shit about sports. Nothing, right? I don't walk around being like, yo, that girl got a fat ass. I mean, I do appreciate a, a nice ass on anyone. We all but, like, I don't ass. perform hyper-masculinity, but, like, I walk a little more masculine. I don't like I don't switch. I sit a little more masculine. I like literally in my whole life there's only been one time where someone was like, "Oh, I knew you were gay." Like when you walk in the door. And I'll never forget this. It was at Lens Crafters in Buckhead. I was <laughs> I walked in, you know, doing my whole contacts thing cuz the nigga's blind. <laughs> and <laughs> the the receptionist, her and I were talking. And, like, she was joking. She's a little bit older black woman, like, in her, I would say, maybe, like, late 40s. And she was joking with me, kind of being flirty. Um, And then was like, you know, you are just, you are, and she's, you know what, I got a friend for you. And I was like, oh, God, she's about to hook me up, try to hook me up. Because people always try to hook me up with their daughters or their sister or, like, some people always do that, right? And she was like, you know, I got somebody for you. Hmm. And she was talking, and I was like, "Oh, well, okay." Like, who like, who you got? like, I was playing along. I was going along with it, and she was like, and "He's like 35, 40. Oh. Is that a problem?" And she was like, "Wait, wait, wait. You are gay, aren't you?" And and I was like, "Oh, yes. wow." It was refreshing. <laughs> I was like, 
oh this yeah, is cool this, this is <laughs> like yeah. knows. she was like oh she's like i just knew because you came in and you were so nicely dressed and your your hair like you're so well groomed and you smell so good and, da, 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 da. and it was all the like <laughs> the, the trivial kind of typical things you hear as as, as you know they say gay women are always gay men are always well groomed and we dress nice. They, they, all those typical like typical things. But I ain't gonna lie, I was gagging a bit because I was like, oh shit, like, like I guess <laughs> I guess I'm not that masculine presenting because sis knew like all oh, that that I was gay. But and then again, it was Buckhead, so I don't know. But <laughs> it was it was interesting to me because my experience is always the opposite of that. But again, if we had more representation, I think it would be less of a wow a shock a, oh my god i couldn't tell or or at least maybe if you were wowed or shocked you would say oh okay and keep it moving because the thing people always do to me is oh my god you don't mm-hmm. seem gay and then i get annoyed because i'm like okay yeah. what's gay like we're not a monolith like there's a we come in so uh, like the fucking you know diamond says she had 32 bootylicious bubblelicious bubblegum there are a trillion <laughs> yes. flavors of what being gay slash queer is and means. Like, some of us are nerdy. Some of us are, you know, hyper-masculine. Some of us are very feminine. Some of us are a mix. Some of us, you know, like, it's fluid. Like, we're fluid people. Sexuality itself is fluid. So, we're not all going to look or sound or act a certain kind of way. So Yeah. I just wanted us to discuss some people in media. Do you have anyone else that you? Can I mean, think of? of course. Like, I, I wrote a list of several people that. Uh, so I'm just gonna kind of name some names, and we can kind of like do like a little quick fire, rapid fire. So we said Miss Sophia. She's a radio jockey in Atlanta. Um, my first, when I was in high school, I was, it was my senior year in high school. Um, I did my my senior project, and, and it was on women in media. Black women in media. So I did. I did it on Oprah. I did it on Tyra Banks. Then I picked um, Nina, Nina something, Nina Brown or something like that. She was the um, mm-hmm. producer at View on Three for the Frank and Wanda show when it first. Well, but before it went off and came back. So a few, several years ago, Nina Brown, I think, was her name. And so I interviewed her. But while I was there, Miss Sophia ended up just like taking me under her wing that entire day and um the day i met her she was not in drag um but she just took me and she talked to me the entire i was there for several hours i was there from like i got there at 6 a.m i left maybe around two i was there the entire day and after frank and wanda went off um miss sophia just took me you know frank really didn't have time to talk to me wanda really wasn't like oh hey nina i talked to her for a few minutes but miss sophia was the one that really took me around that studio and she introduced me to every single person that was there every wow. single person that was that was that was that was at cbs radio she walked around and introduced me to them and said hey this is my friend and she made me feel wow. so welcome she made me feel so she made me feel like i could do that like like right. be- because she could because she was doing it i knew that i could in my dream was to be a media personality. My dream was to do exactly what she was doing. And the fact that she took that, she took her time out of her busy day to just embrace me and love me and show me a real life representation of what a gay black man could be. 
more than That's anything dope. that I could imagine. That's and dope. so that moment, that experience has stuck with me. And, and I've never talked, well, I actually, I have told her this before, but you know, Sophie, if you're listening, that moment meant so much to me and it, and it just let me know that there was nothing that I couldn't do. And I just think that those moments are, we need more of that. that. We need more of that. More queer people have to have those influences, those, those, those influences in their life. Because if you don't see that, then you don't know what the limit is. Because here's the thing. Parents don't know how to quickly raise and mentor queer children. They're not, it's just not taught. And so that's why it's so important. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe the, maybe the next yeah, two but generations so, soon will it will be more normal. And you guys, please understand yeah. that 20 percent of Americans between eighteen and thirty four identifies LGBTQ. Twenty percent, and another fifteen percent is in the closet. And on top of that, you guys, twenty percent of America is like sixty five million people. Okay, identifies queer. So what that means is. There has to be more representation in media for people to see themselves and realize themselves and actualize themselves. And, and, and when it's not there, what happens is when we do get the characters, it's, it's a caricature. It's not something that... And, and I'm, I'm, glad, you, I'm yeah. glad you said that because my, my next two people... Now, these characters I love because they were funny as hell. But they are caricatures. Um, one of them is what the episode is titled after... Forty dollars, baby boy, baby boy, baby boy, baby boy. I, I will never. I, yo, I remember having Baby Boy on DVD, and I used to rewind that part just to hear him go forty dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna squeeze my sexy ass up in this. I'm gonna squeeze. <laughs> it's, it's cute. I'm gonna squeeze my uh, sexy ass. I, up I in love this. that scene. I. And his name was Winston. Isn't that such like an old nigga? Oh my name? gosh. Um, he was the hairdresser in Baby Boy. And that still to this day, like when I have a, I have the meme saved. I'm waiting for the right day to use it because like, it's just it's so perfect. <laughs> like that shit was so funny. That's one of them. Uh, the next one is anybody that knows me knows I love girlfriends. That's like my all time favorite TV you know, show. I'm gonna call Mara. Stan girl. Like that Ooh. is my. I can quote girlfriends. Okay. Can we um, get one Tony Chalamet? Um, I'll fight anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was when she was getting therapy. Um, and he asked her if she was afraid of anything. She says, "Afraid? No, I'll fight anybody." <laughs> like, because that is a mood. mood. That is that yeah. is me. But anyway, um, one of the characters on the show was oh Peaches. Oh my gosh, Peaches. <laughs> Peaches was the super Cousin. feminine, messy uh, uh, oh, assistant. assistant. Okay. Um, to to. He what he filled in as Joan's assistant while Maya was, if I'm not mistaking, mistaken, working for William. Maya was out or something, and he filled in and was um, an assistant on the show. And he was portrayed by Sean Harrison, who is a heterosexual, really male. Um, but yeah, but Peaches, you remember he was from he was in Family Guy. I mean, not Family Guy, Lord. Okay, Family Matters. Um, uh, but yeah, that those are two characters, and again, but the thing is, those are actual members of the gay community. There are those feminine, um, you know, sassy, quote unquote, sassy uh, gay black men. Those are definitely, absolutely members of our community, 
um, they are hairdressers, they are sassy, like, I, those are absolutely members of our, of our community, so it's not problematic in the sense, like, they're, they're misrepresenting us, right, because that is somebody, there is someone that's gonna see that and see themselves, however, what we never get is, like, a balance, mm-hmm. right, that same hairdresser could have been, you know, like where's the balance for that hair for the hairdresser and baby boy, right? Where is the balance for peaches on girlfriends? Like what other? Because I I personally can't remember too many other times on girlfriends where where queer, especially gay black men, were represented. If I'm not mistaken, the one of the only other times was the episode when their friend and, had yeah, HIV, HIV and they were all wondering if she got it from her husband. They all just immediately, it was immediately insinuated that her husband's, well, actually, no, not even insinuated. It was said that her husband stepped out on her and was actually on the DL and gave her HIV, which, you know, formed into AIDS, right? On Baby Boy, there's no other portrayal of a queer person of color at all. So that's my thing. Like, where is the balance to these characters? Because these characters are fun, right? They're, they're, They're fun. Again, their laugh lines, all that stuff is great, but where is the balance? I mean, I that? think the bigger, I think the, the biggest thing is that those characters were just bit characters. And until studios, right. well, I will say this, you guys. Uh, in 2016, that same report saw a small increase. Uh, 23 out of 125 uh, movies, sorry, 23 out of 125 movies of those characters. Uh, 70 of those characters were LGBTQ. So there have been increases. Okay. But the problem is, you guys, these these increases are not leading roles. These are not full characters. These are big characters. And right. so it's going to continue to be like this until you guys really see that we can be full people, which is why I really take my hats off to Lee Daniels. I know, Vaughn, you wanted to talk about Jesse, but I look at Amaya Scott mm-hmm. and how she um, has just really taken to stardom and how she you know is representing black trans women and it's like we can be actresses you know i look at pose that all the great all, absolutely all the oh, beautiful I love pose. that i was i was so happy when i found out that show was actually featuring yeah. trans women like not not women portraying trans or men essentially in drag saying they're trans but like actual Fully realized trans yeah. women. I mean, you got Billy Porter. Um, so, Darren. So, you know, I, I feel like slowly we're getting there. Slowly we're starting to, to see the representation. Absolutely. But the thing is, you guys, we're not going to stop demanding and asking for this. You know, we can't. We can't. It's not. Yeah. I think we're just getting our yeah. foot in the door. And our foot is there, but we need to mm-hmm. kick that shit down. And that's why I'm so thankful that Kid Fury, shout out to him, he's doing a show on HBO. And it's essentially going to be a show about, like, it's a show based on his life. And for me, it's really exciting because Kid Fury is a queer Jamaican. Like, being being gay and black is one thing. Being Afro-Caribbean, like... Being like, especially African and Caribbean, because I mean, I know the, the the black community in America has a lot of homophobia as well. I know it has tons and tons and tons of homophobia, 
but America has had a bit of a blanket where queer people in America, especially queer, not not especially black people, but queer black people in America definitely face a lot of ostracization. They definitely face, you know, harm, being beaten up, all that. But what the Caribbean and, and African and even Middle Eastern countries have, have like, have grown, like, have ingrained in us is, is far deeper than that. Like, people get killed for it. Like, flat out. Like, there's a video, I'll never forget, there's this video, this was from, like, 2009, maybe 2010, uh, in Jamaica, and I'm, it sucks to even say this, because I take so much pride in being Jamaican, and it can be, I'm, I'll never forget, like, and, I, and I, the post that I was talking about earlier that I was writing, it was actually a post about um, what it's like to be gay in Jamaican, because seven to the 13 i was surrounded by first generation you know caribbean african people like it was haitians jamaicans the bahamians puerto ricans dominicans um like the an array trinidadians um people from saint lucia and saint vincent barbados like we i had a smorgasbord like I, I literally remember us having flag day um, and every August, the second week of school, uh, the, sorry, the beginning of the third week of school, the, that Monday, we would have flag day, and it would be like, rep your flag day, and everyone would drep, dress in their colors, we would, like, section ourselves off and, like, have dance-offs, it was this beautiful experience of, of being, to, I'll be very honest, I, I didn't grow up with any African-American friends until I moved to Atlanta, like, I legit had not one african-american friend all of my friends that were of color were first generation something right and i remember when my brother the first time my brother ever dated an african-american girl her name was shaniqua (laughs) (laughs) and i remember (laughs) i remember dying because i was like that is such like a a, a african-american name and i was like you really found you a shaniqua to my nigga like how you did that but anyway um like i said in moving to atlanta i felt like i had to almost strip myself of my caribbean heritage and it was weird because I was surrounded by by African Americans, and it was like y'all my people, but y'all not really my people. So to go back to Kid Fury, like the the reason why, especially like I, I really ride for him is because that's one of the very few. Him and XD were the XD first were the first times I ever saw queer people of Jamaican or Caribbean, you know, heritage. Like I can't think of any characters in TV. I can't think of any even political like like famous people like i can't think of anyone that was gay in caribbean or even gay and african growing up like it, it wasn't until i got a lot older that i got to, to see that which is why again like being fully represented is is needed like we need to see that, that it's multifaceted because what that'll do is it'll normalize it mm-hmm. right it'll normalize and it sucks that we even have to do that but that is what we have to do the same way we need to see more people of color in in, in, in different roles in films because it normalizes that, hey, black people don't just rob and steal. We don't just play basketball. We don't just play football. We don't just um, dance, you know, really well. We don't just, we aren't just these things. We sometimes just fucking go to Starbucks to get coffee. 
we sometimes we have relationships we date we do all the normal quote unquote normal things so seeing black people do those things normalize that and it allows the 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 in these industries to take more chances on on you know black people not blackness because they've always profited off of blackness right the same way they've always profited off of queerness as but queer people don't profit right i think it's just that that the more more representation is needed is all of what this is yeah about. it's so needed do you do you have any other yeah yes you know, yes yeah yeah so um i wrote down janelle monet she is a queer Dope. woman of color uh i wrote down lee daniels i wrote down monifa the singer rupaul oh Mon- i i loved monifa bringing her her experience to tv and showing all sides of it because i thought it was really brilliant that she showcased her daughter not accepting it yeah because it's so often the opposite where it's kids come out and their parents don't accept them but her daughter anyone that doesn't know monifa's story monifa was a singer in like the 90s um really popular with heavy d was it heavy d or no who what rapper was really hot don't 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 get me wrong (laughs) but she was um you know, she had her moment, her star faded, she got really into drugs, and, you know, like, she went down a really bad path, right? She had a daughter somewhere along the line, um, and her daughter was raised by, if I'm not mistaken, her mother, Monifa's um, mother, so her daughter's grandmother. And her grandmother, of course, was very churchy and always in the church, so her daughter was very churchy, <laughs> surprisingly. So here's a 16, 17-year-old girl telling her mom that, like, yo, I don't accept that shit. I love you. But I don't accept your lifestyle, which was to me was mind blowing to see because it's always the other way around. So I, I shout out to Moni for for showcasing all, and she got married. Yeah, she got, ma- on she the, had she got good married on the show. Uh, RuPaul, yeah. he's done. Yeah, he, now, he's a legend. me and Miss Ru, <laughs> yeah. I've come to realize that RuPaul is one of those gays. And if I have to explain what one of those gays is, then, you know, I'm not going to to you. But for those of us that get it, he's one of those. RuPaul is definitely one of those gays. Gays. Uh, Robin Roberts. Johnny Mathis. Who's Johnny Mathis? Johnny Mathis. Now, you guys, uh, I surveyed Facebook. Uh-huh. Uh, and the people told me Johnny Mathis. So you don't know who I that is? I have no clue who Johnny Mathis is. <laughs> but I was hoping... You are I was hoping that someone listening would be able to let me know who Johnny Mathis was. Let's see what Miss Google says. Who Who is Johnny Mathis? You can continue with your So, list. okay, so I have Johnny Mathis, I have Frank Ocean, Wanda Sykes, uh, Queen Latifah, but she has not admitted that, y'all. I know y'all keep trying to put her out there, but Queen Latifah has not admitted that. Big Frida. And, Frida! And then um, I have two people that wrote me and kind of gave their opinion on how they feel like black gay men are portrayed in the media. Uh, so Kelsey mm-hmm. Murray wrote and said, not broadly enough, I think in real life there is a broad range and the media tends to highlight only very feminine ones. They could definitely show that it's not all that all, well, they could definitely show that not all the black homosexuals are like that. 
Whenever black women are not acting feminine, it's almost as if they are asked not to make so much buzz about their sexuality. Like the fact that they are gay has to be a gimmick right. or to be ignored. It's improving, but there's a long way to go. Claude Washington wrote, that depends on who and what you choose to focus on. When it comes to reality TV, you should expect an extreme of whatever. I'm sure that there are, I'm sure that there are many gay blacks in media that just have not come out. Coming out is a whole other story. We all know that being gay can create another obstacle. It's easier to be more low-key and mainstream. Change is slow but coming. So, I appreciate you guys on Facebook for... uh, We seem to be on the same. Yeah, shout out to everyone that's interacting with us on our socials, our Facebook, our Twitter, all of that. We do Mm -hmm. appreciate it. Um, Another another thing that I'd like to see portrayed more in, in media, especially for queer people of color, is dating, right? Um, I feel like there are so many movies, excuse me, there are so many shows where there are queer white men um, and women that date, they have children, they they have these fully realized relationships, right? Whereas we don't get that same luxury for people of color, right? I can think of, outside of Noah's Ark, I can only think of one relationship that I've seen portrayed on television with queer black men. Um, that's a lie, too, because... But I didn't watch Empire, so I can't really give too, too much. I, although I do have Jamal Lyon on my list I for watched the reasons. Empire, so I'll, I didn't. I'll give I didn't. One. But wasn't he dating a white man? No, or he, a, he was Latinx. Spicy. Oh. Okay. Um... The one experience that I'm thinking of is there was a show called The L.A. Complex. I don't know if you've Never ever watched it. It. Um, it was um, it was like a, a CW show. It was about um, this basically this big com- complex in Los Angeles, hence the name, where a lot of, you know, um, aspiring singers, actors, producers, performers of, you know, the like all kind of live together. They kind of cohabitated in this one space. Um, in that one space was a young man named Tariq who wanted to be a producer. Um, he wanted to be a, a hip hop, R&B, you know, music producer. And he was working at this production studio, keeping his sexual orientation, of course, on the super DL. Um, and he was tasked to work with, I call him 50 Cent, like <laughs> a 50 Cent type. Um, but the rapper named Caldrick King. Caldrick King was this very hyper masculine, bitches and hoes kind of rapper out of LA, um, who ended up actually being he was actually gay. Um, and him and Tariq had this relationship that started out really. It it started out very intense and then became delicate and really sweet. And then went became super volatile because in the midst of them dating, um, one night Caldrick got a little too excited in the studio and started, you know, kissing on Tariq and like just loving on him, right? Because, you know, the studio session was supposed to be over. So all his homies, all his crew, all the people he, you know, performs around were supposed to be gone. Little did he know somebody was coming around the corner and caught him and, and Tariq embracing so, of course, when he got caught, Caldrick, you know, pushed Tariq off of him, and then he beat his ass. Oh. Like, like when he said, he pushed him off and was like, 
don't come in with that gay shit. And it was, the, I always say like that scene was so like hard to watch because the actors had to really, it was good acting really. Like, cause Tariq was like, what Tariq knew what was coming. Right. And Tariq was like, please don't do this. Like you could see it all over his place, like face, like, please wait, stop. Don't do this. And then on Caltrick's face was this sadness and like, almost kind of like he was struggling because he didn't know what to do but then he knew what he had to do in order to to keep his masculine identity right and he beat his boyfriend's ass essentially like to a pulp like i'm talking about black i'm not talking about slap push punch i'm talking about black eye like eye swollen shut mouth like he beat his ass because he wanted to assert this hyper-masculine identity that didn't tolerate any of that quote-unquote gay shit, although he was a gay man on the inside. So I kind of feel like that's not fair because (laughs) that's not the only experiences that queer black men have when it comes to dating. Like, we have fully realized lives. We date. Like, we don't always have the healthiest of dating habits, right? That's another show we can discuss later. But we do date. They have, people have relationships. People get married. They have children. And I feel like we need to see more of that. We need to see more of normal, which is why I, I'm so upset with Insecure and Issa Rae, right? She, her brother is gay on the show. And of course, his boyfriend is white. And it just, oh, it drains me because like I don't have anything against interracial dating. But it's like, why can't we just get two happy black men that are in love? Like that is a thing. It's it's happening. Like it's that is happening. a thing. It needs to be a thing. We need to see, and this is not to, and this goes into my one of the next things. Moonlight, oh, for example, right? I just I had that written Moonlight. down. <laughs> Moonlight. I thought Chiron, uh, Chiron, mm-hmm. and Black. Not Sharon, I'm black. Sorry, Sharon and, and Kevin. Because black is the older version of Sharon. Sorry, I mixed that up. Um, Sharon and Kevin had this really intimate embrace on the beach. And, and not to sound weird, but I do think we need to see more young gay, more young queer people date. They don't need to be having sex because y'all need to be having sex when y'all are young anyway. But, <laughs> this sounds like somebody's mother. Um, but... We need to see what, like, queer high schoolers dating. We need to see queer middle schoolers not dating, per se, but, like, being attracted to each other and understanding that it's okay, that it's normal. Because I truly think that's when those young kids that are out here committing suicide, when they can flip on a channel or go to Netflix and see that, and see that it's okay and it's accepted and it's not this weird thing. It's not this thing that's going to get them ostracized or bullied. And if it, if they are being bullied, they can say to themselves, well, huh, I'm getting bullied, but these people are living healthy, happy lives. That's a thing for me. It's happening. My only option in life is not just being bullied. Like, that is a thing for me. So I think that that representation, again, is needed. I don't know when it's coming. There was one show. I'm really mad I don't remember the title of it. I mean, there were white people, not black, but it's whatever. It's young queer people. There was a show. What was the name of the show? Fuck, I don't remember. 
the name of this show. Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can pull it up really quickly. Um, I can't pull it up. I don't remember the name of the show. But there was this this TV show that I used to watch. And it got canceled after, I think, two seasons. Um, but it was this young um, gay boy who was kind of navigating navigating life like coming out to his parents accepting his sexual Mm -hmm. orientation and when i say young i'm talking about he was in like middle school if i'm not mistaken or high school i actually think he was in high school um no he was white he was white which is why i said like it's not people of color but i still think it's healthy even if it even if it is white uh people like i'll allow it for now but it it was oh do you know what i just thought about another form of of, of the queer identity like f- another form is i do you remember the show the wire yeah i do remember the show the wire i didn't watch it but i do remember it there was a gay character on the i don't remember his name and i feel bad for not remembering his name but there was um a gay guy on he, he was like super hyper masculine like i'm talking about like slicing and dicing niggas but he was gay and I thought that I remember seeing that when I was younger and being like, "Oh, okay, that's a, that's didn't know that was a thing, but that's a thing." So, you know, that's just another example. But do you have anyone else you would like to mention before, before I we, before close we close it, on, it on, up? on up? You know what I think? Yeah, that's all I want to mention. Oh, you know what I do want to sh- I do want to shout out XD. I want to sh- I want to shout Absolutely. out. Terry Theory. I want to shout out Amir. Absolutely. Um, I want to shout them out particularly because I follow them, I, I interact with them online, and I really think that they continue to be representations of openness and inclusivity and really trying to reach across the aisle to say, let me yeah. touch you and let me try to put my best forward when it comes to really um, just being holistic in, in, in the whole just vision of what it could be. And I think they do a really good right. job at being positive and spreading I was, their messages. I was just going to yeah. say that, yeah. I think, ironically, I think podcasting has really opened kind of yeah. a door. I think it's, it's allowed a lot of uh, straight uh, men to to kind of get a glimpse of what the gay of, of the possibilities of of what homosexuals could be like an array because you do have Dustin and Asante on um, the friend zone which is uber popular you have Fury on the read which is you know also uber 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 popular you have XD you have there are so many there's so many uh, queer people of color in podcasting that are successful Mm -hmm. and they're not all the same person dustin is very different from from xd you know asante is different from from fury and they're all friends ironically um but like they're all these different representations and there's even more that's just scratching the surface um but I think it's it's beautiful to see because podcasting is allowing, as once again, it's normalizing. You know the vast differences in in what a, a queer black man could mm-hmm. be, because there are so many different 
you know, forms of what that could be. So I think podcasting, like I said, is opening that door and allowing people to see that, you know, we're more than just the sassy, you know, homeboy that does your girl's hair. Agreed. Agreed. So that was this week's Growing Up Gay. It was <laughs> it was initially supposed to be a lot lighter than that and a lot more fun, but <laughs> I think we had to touch on the, be just be able to be honest and, and touch on a lot of what's missing and the frustrations that come with that because, the, you know, demanding representation is something that we need to do. I think a lot of these writers, shout out to Lena Waithe, um, as you get... And never really have to say this. As you get in these doors, stop closing mm. it behind you, right? Pull someone up. Not just any old body, right? But pull someone up that's going to expand the community. Someone that's going to uplift and expand the community. Somebody that's going to to show others, right, that, like, we're not mm-hmm. one thing. And, and, and do it to people that are good at what they're, they're doing. People that are passionate about what they're doing. But stop getting in these doors and then conforming and closing it behind you and conforming to whatever the is, you know, whatever the room is, right? Get in the room and then drop the pin to other niggas so we know where that room is and get us in that room too. That way there's more of us in the, we need more of us in these yep. rooms. So that way we can get more representation. That way we can, because like I said, Queerness is profited off of at all times. And we're hardly ever the ones, hardly, hardly ever the ones making that profit. Whether that goes back to black women who use us as choreographers, hairstylists, um, dancers, et cetera, et cetera, but don't ride for us outside of that. Or these major companies that every pride sell all these rainbow fucking shirts but then, you know, you're donating money to, to you know, Republican campaigns that are trying to, to stifle us and, and limit our lives and our experiences. So just get in the room and demand more of us in the room. And with that being said, we're going to take a break and be right back with you. I hope we've been able to keep you entertained thus far. If so, you can reach out to us for any questions, comments, and concerns at Vaughn at GrownUpGay.com or Malik at GrownUpGay.com. You can actually email these shows, a uh, personal email with any questions or show topics or anything you'd like for us to discuss. If you want to sponsor us, QTR Marie right here at GrowingUpGayPodcast at gmail.com. And that growing has a G in it. So GrowingUpGayPodcast at gmail.com. Now let's get into the next topic. something that's um, either popular on social media, something celebrity-based, or something that we just want to discuss, something we want to talk about. Um, these, This is absolutely something where you can send in your topic ideas. If you even have questions, if you write in any questions to the show, um, growinggaypodcast at gmail.com, and that's growing with a G, growinggaypodcast at gmail.com, or Vaughn at growing without the G, growingupgay.com, or Malik at growingupgay.com. Um, or if you tweet us, the show is uh, Twitter's grow, um, growingupgay underscore. You can Instagram us, which is growingupgay. 
if you reach out to us on any one of those platforms and you have questions for us, whether it's about our own experiences or something that you're going through and dealing with, or if you know your boyfriend is cheating on you and you need our like advice or whether you should beat the bitch up or like, you know, leave that nigga or whatever the case may be is. Hit us up. Any manner of those things is accepted. Hit us up. Um, but for this week, we wanted to touch on the Nike Colin Kaepernick um, announcement. It, can we call it an announcement? You know, it was a campaign, kind of like a release. Uh, recently, Colin posted a video um, with he is the star of a beautiful Nike ad. Um, you know, their Be True campaign that they do year year over year. Um, and it has white America in an uproar. In I mean, shambles. these people are <laughs> like, losing their is... shit. They're... They they're burning their shoes while they're on their feet. They're cutting up their jerseys. They're doing the fucking most. All manner of I mean, I'm thinking, gee, jolly almighty. I would and think I have to that say, y'all shout out to wanna, Nike. I saw someone say, I would think that y'all want to donate all that shit to the vetons. Oh, no, 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 so no, no. No. You have to remember, angry white people... Don't do anything that makes sense. But be angry. <laughs> like, they don't do anything that makes sense. It's kind of, it's funny. It's funny. Like, I remember when all the riots were happening because of uh, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Remember? That, when all that first started? And they were like, they're destroying their own community. It doesn't make any sense. Well, sis, you're burning your own foot off. So, like. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like. But, like. And shout out to Nike because not. They have the the Colin Kaepernick um, poster, and then they also have one for Serena Williams. And I thought the Serena Williams one was so beautiful. I don't know if you heard about this, but, uh, you know, Serena wears her black cat suit when she plays tennis often, right? And she actually does it for health reasons because it helps with blood flow and circulation, and she's had issues with that. Um, She, I know, especially after her pregnancy, she had a lot of issues with that. Um, But, you know, Serena's a, a, a woman with a body, Right? And that's her God-given body. She can't control and should want to control or tweak any of it because it's phenomenal, right? Um, but unfortunately, after her last match, the Tennis Association, I guess, I don't know who them niggas are, like what they're called, um, they basically banned her from wearing them. And Nike put out this super dope poster that was like, um, you can take the superhero out of the costume, but they're you know they're still a superhero and i was like that's like so like shout out to and they used her image you know in the 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 cat suit while she was playing tennis and i was like you know what nike checks over stripes (laughs) checks over stripes yes and they also did a nyc be true campaign with featuring laomi and some of the people from the my house um show i don't know if you watch my my house house, um you should watch it. It's actually really... My house is really good. I was... I literally binged the entire series. I was at work, literally, like, <laughs> checking rooms, you know, inspecting VIP rooms and doing all my job and, like, literally had it on my phone, like, watching it because it, it was a really good... Um, it's a really good series. It's basically Pose, but not scripted. Um, it, it gives a good in-depth behind-the-scene life of the ballroom scene, and I, it's really, really good. So check out My House if you haven't. But Laomi had her own um, NYC Be True campaign last year where she was voguing down, and it wasn't 
like a two second thing. It was like a full like three. It's like a three to four minute kind of mini thing, mini commercial thing. And like I said, Nike Nike has been doing the damn thing. So shout out to Nike, y'all real. Shout out to Nike. (laughs) But that is it for this week's episode. Um, If you again have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out for us. All the information is in the down bar wherever you're located um sorry for not posting last week my macbook you know <laughs> she said she was, she was on, yes she was on the sick and shut in list so we did not put out an episode last week um but hopefully we can kind of get back on our consistent once a week thing if not we will at least give you guys one you know bi-weekly um please as always Tell a friend about Tell the podcast. Friend. Retweet the podcast. Follow us um, on on not Instagram. Sorry, follow well there too. But uh, follow us on SoundCloud. You can follow us on um, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. We are on Google Play. Um, and rate us, please rate the show. And honestly, if you guys have anything that you would like to ask us, anything you want to write in about, please do so. Because we want to start interacting more with you all. We're very appreciative of the listens. We've been doing very good and growing consistently. And just, we want to continue to do so. So if you have any ideas, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach we out to you us. Guys. We appreciate you. Free. And thank you. Bye. Oh, you're facing the